Hi, I'm Alice Zhao. I'm Curtis Herbert. And I'm Jelly, a.k.a. Daniel Firely. And this is Independence, a show where the three of us talk about our efforts to make a living from the web and mobile and, you know, avoid the insanity of being Pied Piper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that show, it stresses me out. It's too real. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. It's just, it hits the nail on the head way too close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so lately... I've been thinking about uh, what it means to be an indie and more specifically what it means compared to perhaps what we see on TV on Silicon Valley. But let me back that up a little bit and explain how I got there. <laughs> so the other day, I met this person who was in a startup. He asked me what I did for a living. I started talking a little bit about Gus on the Go. And then the conversation quickly went into oh, what's your go-to market strategy? What's your runway? Have you been investing your own money? Do you have $20,000? Is the effectiveness of your app anecdotal or did you run a study on 100,000 users? Like it just went on and on. And so while I was quick to answer these questions, it gave me pause to think about the difference between, you know, how we work as Indies and perhaps is there anything we can learn from startups. I mean, hiring employees is probably a good first start there. <laughs> startups usually have employees. Do they? I'd kill for yeah, one of those an, right now. What is an employee? Um, Literally kill. But so what is, like, what is your definition of a startup? I know there's a lot of, like, there's like a broad definition of a startup. And, but what do you, what do you imagine when you think of a startup? Beyond Silicon Valley? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Beyond Pied no. Piper and no, uh, uh, Aviato. <laughs> my definition is really focused around growth because I feel like that's kind of the key to what a startup is, is the idea of rapid growth, hoping for some kind of large bang at the end, mm -hmm. be it, you know, an acquisition or you're able to suddenly magically monetize with advertising or something like that. But it's the idea that you're burning cash quickly to accelerate your growth and get as big as fast as possible. And that leads to something. And hopefully that mm -hmm. something is a large multiplier on the initial people that invested. Because startup, I mean, some of them could be bootstrapped rarely, uh, usually VC funded or something, but it all comes down to that growth factor mm -hmm. and that large payoff at the end. I think when I think startup, that's traditionally what I think of is that, yeah. you know, that almost gamble aspect to it, that you're betting on that growth will lead to something. It's certainly the way that startups are viewed, uh, especially around actual Silicon Valley, not the show, but yeah. like the place. <laughs> it's, it's certainly the way that like that sort of stuff works is that like VCs and angel investors and stuff like that, they, they only give you money if you are going to be able to return on that money in some sort of, with some sort of multiplier, right. typically. They want to give you money and then for you to turn around and then give them a chunk more money back. Right. That's kind of the way that startups tend to work is that like they want to they go in with some funding from vcs and then they just they all they want to do is just basically explode out in mm -hmm. growth until they can basically start paying that back to the investors yes there there are a lot of other things that you might think of for startups like you know you have a bunch of employees or mm -hmm. you're hiring fast yeah. or scaling up fast and stuff like that and like yeah. that all can be true of indies too you know there are plenty of people who make indie apps that i've seen um, like Ulysses is a great example. You know, it started, what, 10, 15 years ago, the writing app. Uh, Max started it with uh, one co-founder, if I remember correctly. And it was just the two of them. And eventually now it's grown and they have a whole team running the app. Or you look at one password. You know, it started out tiny and now Agile Bits mm -hmm. is this big company. Huge. 
So you can have products that grow even sometimes rapidly and they're not a startup. I I think it's really a key of that doing everything you can, throwing all the accelerant on the fire for growth's sake is what defines it. Yeah, yeah. intentional growth as opposed to like natural right. growth. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like the opposite of us. <laughs> For Gus on the go, it's been like this slow growth, but it's a growth. Like I always say, I'm not looking to make millions, although that sounds great. I mean, let's be but- honest. We'll all take the millions <laughs> if it comes our way. Yeah. Oh, oh <laughs> Heck <yeah>. yes. <laughs> I mean, if anybody's offering me millions, I'll, I'll gladly take it. Please send all millions to jelly at independence.fm. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think I watched Silicon Valley and I'm like, oh... Is that what we're? What I'm supposed to be going for? But I'm like, that's. It just seems like such the opposite, you know, trajectory that we're going. Um, but I also don't worry about someone trying to collapse me. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. There are trade offs yeah. to all our business yeah. models, and I think that's what right. we'll get into with this episode. Of like, there's good and bad to it, and there are advantages to being a startup of things that we could never do as indies. And there are things as indies that we don't have to worry about that startups have to worry about. Exactly. It's all about the trade-offs. That's true. That's true. What do you feel like is your end goal if it's not oh. rapid growth? See, see <laughs> I mean, the show Robert. intro, make a living on the app store and mobile. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. <laughs> and not look like Pied Piper while we're at it. <laughs> I, I think that's the plan, like, yeah. right, is, is, to, is to be able to make a living from what we're doing. Yeah. As indies, like, I, I feel like what we're hoping for is to be able to earn a living. Yeah. It would be lovely. It would be great. <laughs> Amazing even if somebody came and swooped out of the sky and was like, here is a giant pot of money. Take, I'll take your app now. As much as that would be amazing, I don't think I don't feel like that's the approach mm-hmm. that you take when you're when you when you go into something as an independent. Indies, I kind of see like the old school business, like, you know, small business model, like yeah. people going into business because they want to create something or do something or, yeah. you know, sell something or whatever. Like they go into business for for the sake of doing the business mm-hmm. and it's about earning a living as opposed to selling out. That That may not be true of every indie, but I think that's the typical way that that works. Well, I think, I mean, I would say that like, so for example, Marco Arment, I would consider him an indie. He's a powerhouse nowadays, but he's an indie and he sold Instapaper. And so it might not be your original goal getting into that, but eventually as an indie, you might make a business decision to say, hey, I can't take this app as far as I want to on my own. And maybe you also say, like me, I always debate, like, I'm not the kind of person who necessarily will be the best at managing employees. There are plenty of people who know that's not their kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it can be like you're in the business for the business sake, but those exits are still very much a potential for indies, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just don't think it's the plan, right? Like, Yeah, it's fair. When enough. you go into, into it, th- those sort of exits kind of come up and it's like, okay, well, now is a good time. But it's okay for that to be the case. Like, You, you should be allowed to change your exit sure. plan and exit strategy yes. as you go. You just don't start with an exit plan. Yeah, like I, 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 I feel like, actually, I've said it before. When you start something, you don't generally think about how it's going to end. You're just thinking right. <laughs> about like the amazing like thing sure. that you're starting. Yeah. And so I think that the way that that applies to indies is that we go into we go into business not to consider like uh, okay, well, I'm going to sell this in ten years for however many thousands slash millions of dollars. <laughs> thousands, so sad. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, it's the next maybe step I'll take down. it right now. <laughs> 
No, like you, you don't generally go into being an indie for that. Like you go into it because you want to create something and you're probably like you're hoping that you'll get money from it in a living sort of way. Like, yeah. you know, people will start to buy things or you'll get be getting advertising. You'll be doing advertising and stuff like that. It's, it's about the money that you're making from the product as it's right. continued, like as it life cycle continues, as opposed to like, I'm going to build this and then next year I'm going to sell it for a million dollars and then I'll restart that cycle again, Yeah, which is kind of how startups tend to work. Well, or even entrepreneurs at some point, like a lot of people in the SaaS space online you know, once they've had their first successful product, they start to build another app with the eventual idea of selling it. So you don't you don't just have to be a startup in that way. A lot of solopreneurs do that too. Yeah, that's true. And that's back to I guess the original point of it being growth. Although growth doesn't have to be like that doesn't disqualify you. So for me, I'm not focused on growth like at a crazy sake, but I do hold myself right now pretty hard to my growth curve because I've mm. been multiplying at 2.8x every year since I switched to subscriptions. And like that first year that I hit 1.0 growth or something like that, I'm going to be <laughs> crying in a corner like, oh God, it's over. But like I am, while not focused at growth at a crazy sake, I'm not dumping all my money into advertising just to get more users and going crazy. Yeah. Like growth is a priority for me because that helps me measure the health of my business and see how big I'll be able to take this and if I can hire employees and do Android and all that kind of stuff. So growth can be important for for indies, but it's just not the growth for growth's sake. Right. It's like Jelly yeah. saying, like you want to make a living and growth is the healthy metric to help you make a living as you're starting out. You grow to be to the point where you're sustainable um, or you grow your portfolio to be able to be sustainable. Right. And startups will tend to, they'll grow without trying to grow their income so much. Yeah. Whereas yeah. you're trying to grow both your user base and your income kind of simultaneously. Right. You want right. that to yes. continue to stay roughly uh, you know, a, a, along the same lines as each other. It would be easy for me to just give slopes away for free. And I have a competitor and, that just right. does free. Yeah. And yeah. they don't charge. And I'm guessing their end game is eventually acquisition or something. <laughs> it would be easier for me to grow if I didn't charge. But I'm trying to run that healthy balance of like getting enough of a conversion rate to pay the bills yeah. for me to keep doing this while also growing my user base and making sure like that balances out and I'm not growing so fast that my conversion rate is terrible or vice versa. It's kind of a feedback loop there. So even though we aren't looking at growth for, for growth's sake, do you think there are things we can learn from startup culture besides not being Pied Piper? <laughs> I mean, there's, there's got, there's obviously strategies that we can pull from there that work for indies. I think while their goals might not be the same, there are plenty of techniques we can probably learn from them. Mm. So for example, how maybe they do AB testing mm -hmm, mm. or maybe how they try and rapidly prototype a bunch of features and get them into users' hands to see like, does this take off? That idea of really exploring your product aggressively and trying to find out quickly like that fail quick motto which doesn't always work but that idea of just getting something out there and really trying to try and hit all those corners of your potential product and seeing what your product can turn into and figure out its niche really quick and then grow it and finding those corners of your product like i think that is one thing that startups really mm -hmm. aggressively pursue but i think it's something that we could definitely learn from of like you know try and do everything you can to get out there really quick and just mm -hmm. try new things and see what your market how it responds yeah i feel like that's actually like the most natural fit for an indie because 
even though we said we're not our product, we are also our product. Yeah. And so it actually makes the most sense. Like we, that's, those are the things we care about. We want to put the best product out there. So it, that does involve, you know, exploring those corners and optimizing. And it can be hard because we are usually one person shops, but at the same time, mm-hmm. we're also very nimble. So it might take us a month or two to write a feature, but we don't have this massive ship that we have to course correct and it takes forever to turn. Like generally our apps are a little bit more nimble and we can experiment a little bit easier. And it's not this massive one year undertaking to get something out. Like Adobe, if if Adobe wants to do something very differently, they're a very slow moving corporation. So that's an advantage that startups have compared to them is they can be nimble and be like, oh, okay this new thing is clearly a trend. Let's tackle that really quick. We can do that as indies too. We're just limited on how fast we can code it. But yeah, I think that 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 exploration mirrors well with indie life because of that nimbleness. Nimbality? Agility. Nimble. (laughs) Agility? Yeah, some English word. (laughs) I think that part of the way that you do it as an indie is to really focus on, and I guess this this is also kind of a startup thing, the MVP every feature that you create and everything that you're exploring, you should be creating like the bare minimum of that stuff, not to ship in any particular way, Mm -hmm. but just to try things Mm -hmm. out. Like when you're trying things out, it's, it's important to be able to like throw things together as fast as you can, see Mm -hmm. if they work and then toss them if they don't. And the, the MVP, which is definitely like that. I mean, (laughs) yes, it is definitely a startup thing like that that is kind of key to being able to do that and it's not about shipping half finished versions of things right it's it's never about shipping half finished versions of things it's about figuring out what the core of those things that you're exploring is the core of that new feature that new product that new thing that whatever you're trying to figure out implementing that and then iterating on that and building it as as time goes on. But that's the key to being able to do that quickly, I think, and especially especially as indies. Well, I like the I like kind of your I don't know if it was intentional, I think it was, but kind of what you're hinting at of doing that internally too. Like just giving your a playground to play with ideas. And it's not necessarily that you have to ship an MVP, but giving yourself permission. And this is something I'm terrible with. Like I try and roadmap and plan a thing and I know this is what I'm committing to. But giving yourself that space to kind of explore things internally like a startup would. You know, they have kind of R&D teams Mm. almost where they're off playing with a feature and then maybe that feature never makes it to prod. But you need to be able to play with that stuff internally. And I really like that, Jelly. That's that's definitely something I need to do a lot more of. One of the things I've been considering is that I've mentioned this in in previous podcasts that like I think for me, I've definitely fallen into the trap of oh, we've made a certain amount of money now and now I get to keep it because I got bills to pay. Because we need it. (laughs) We need ramen. I eat the fancy ramen, so I have to keep a little bit more. (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time, that has stopped me from like creating an actual budget to work with and saying, oh, let's set X amount for marketing and X amount for contracting. And so we have enough. And I think I've been like so conservative because I need to buy my ramen. And it's not necessarily like a startup thing, but just like a general business thing is like having that budget and using it wisely, like setting it and being like, all right, we need to invest this money that is coming in and grow the business. Well, I think that is a startup thing because they very much focus on taking the money coming from usually investors since upfront in the early days, they usually don't focus as much as monetization. They'll take that money and their goal is to burn it. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. because they need to burn all that money and grow as fast as possible so they can get to the next series of funding round. So I think it is a startup thing to take. Okay, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that a little while ago on our financial planning episode, I think, where uh, we were talking about, like, what do you do with the money that is coming in? Yeah, yeah. And I think it's, I mean, it's very much a thing of, like, as as indies, as as independents, it's difficult because we have that sort of duality of, like, okay, I've got the business, <laughs> but I've also got to feed myself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which, while that is a, you know, while that's a thing for startups as well, because, you know, people still need to eat, generally part of the thing that they're doing is paying the employees that they've hired Sometimes that's mm. an equity, though. So that's yeah. but they're paying them, right? Like we're just we. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, but they're paying them. Theoretically, they're they're eating. You know, they're eating something. Um, mm. Unless they're not, maybe that's something we can learn. <laughs> but I think I think it, it is a thing that of that is important to consider, and it's an important thing to have in your mind as you're going along, and to revisit on occasion is to know what you're doing with the money that you're you're making, because how much money that you assign to your app, the the product that you're making, is going to define how much you can assign to marketing right. and sure. and you know potential employees and stuff like that i'm always considering my my runway which is a term that is definitely a startup thing but i'm always considering my runway of and that's that typically determines in in my situation like do i need to take client work or is gift wrapped you know paying the bills at the moment and that's the thing that i actually really like the client work thing and that's an indie advantage that startups don't have is that like we talked about, like what I'll do is I'll take 10% of whatever I earn from consulting or from slopes and keep that in the business. And I like that because it frees me up. So Alice, when you're saying like, oh, but I need food, like I've already set that money aside for this is money that stays in the business and I can spend it on marketing, consulting, whatever I need to do. And it forces me to use that money which is great. Or it forces me to be comfortable with using that money. And then if I feel like I'm coming up short for the year, so Jelly, in your case, if I'm burning my runway too much or my personal runway, not my business runway, then I take on more consulting, which is something that as an iOS developer, we still kind of have the privilege of being able to take on consulting reasonably easy at a decent rate. So that's where I can augment that. But then that gets me a little bit more money back into the business. But setting that money aside in a way that's proportional has been a big key for me. Because then if business is great, I have extra Mm -hmm. money to spend, which helps me grow the business. If business is slower, it's not like I can't spend anything, but it's also reining me in some. I'll get on that budget soon. All right. (laughs) All right. So we've We've got some things we could learn from startups. What do you think are just general things we can avoid based on looking at startups and Silicon Valley, the show, perhaps, you know, not hiring Jin Yang, stuff like that? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I think the the real obvious one is the whole way that everything is about growth. And it's not that we shouldn't be growing, but making the right decisions about your product, your application, uh, whatever, doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to choose the thing that's going to help it grow. As indies, our job is to make it long-term yeah, sustainable. Sure. Or yeah. At least, you know, as we mentioned, it's long-term sustainability. And growth does not necessarily equal that's long-term correct. sustainability because you can have that massive leap and then everything falls off. Or it stays important, but you were never earning money. Yeah. See, Twitter, you know, they grew like crazy and continued to grow, but they weren't earning money and that became a big problem. 
not to mention the toxic cesspool and everything else that's there. <laughs> but the lack of advertising also became a problem. Yes, don't keep Nazis around just for growth sake. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's my new strategy, by the way. It's a pretty good strategy, I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I, I think that's a really important thing is to is to focus on what is going to be sustainable and yeah. good for your product long term. And that can just mean, as as you alluded to, Curtis, like focus on what your monetization strategy is early on. Don't get started and then th- say, oh, I'll think about that once I've built the product. Yeah. Because that stuff, if you bring it into your product in the right ways, it's going to feel much more natural. It's going to be better. You're not going to be tacking on advertisements and uh, changing the product in ways that like your users will hate. Yeah, and so like kind of what you're alluding to here, which I think is a different point but very tangential, is startups in my mindset traditionally avoid figuring out their sustainable business early. They yeah. sacrifice that aspect for growth. And so to your point, Jelly, of like you know don't put ads in down the line, don't don't do that later. Part of our job as indies is to figure out that business stuff early so we know if the products that we're building and we're investing our capital, which is time, into is going to be able to sustain us. And I'm not necessarily saying like fail early, fail fast, but you need to make sure that you're putting yourself in those difficult positions where you could possibly fail. And you're not avoiding them because it would be easy to avoid monetizing your app just to feel good that the launch went well and everything like that. But if you don't take on that problem early of figuring out your monetization strategy, you're going to feel like things are going well. And then you're going to have a rude awakening when your business model doesn't work. So you need to figure out that stuff early and not. And that's something I think startups really avoid is like, we'll figure that out later because they're worried on that large exit. We need to do the opposite and figure that out early. Yeah, no, you, you you definitely need to figure that out early. I was talking about before about how it's good to have an MVP and how that like that is something that we can learn from startups. I think part of your MVP as a sustainable business, as a as an independent, as an entrepreneur, <laughs> all the buzzwords. You, you need to think about as part of that MVP what your monetization is because that is part of your minimum viable product. It's not viable. Unless it's making you money. (laughs) Well, it's not viable for indies. It could be very viable for startups. But that's the thing. Our definition of viability is different. We're in it for the long term and we need to sustain ourselves. You're never going to introduce your users paying later, right? If they never paid to begin with. That never goes well. So you have to at least like, they have to know up front that this is how you're making money. So that if you pull some type of rug, it wouldn't be the monetization route. Yeah, and I guess uh, another one, at least in my book, is avoid taking money. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, unless you find an angel investor friend or something like that. But like, for me, that's a big one because some indie businesses will grow to be pretty big. Again, see 1Password, stuff like that. You know, things that start out small can become a company of 50 people. But I feel like accepting money puts you down the route where you're going to have to start compromising Mm -hmm. your business probably due to some strings attached to that money you know they want a large payoff after five years or something like that and for me definitely speaking from a place of privilege where i have slowly built my business up based on consulting so i didn't have to take money i could just sacrifice some time here and there you know that's important to me though is the the not taking money aspect i could certainly accelerate slopes even not go the startup route and go growth crazy just for growth's sake, like I could still probably keep it sustainable with an injection of money. 
but I'm just really worried about all the compromises that come with that. And so for me, that's something else I personally want to avoid is taking money just yeah. for all those strings that worry me. Um, if I really yeah. need money, maybe I would take out a bank equity loan or something like that. But the idea of traditional investment certainly scares me. Even if it was like my mom, right? Like I don't, I don't want to disappoint my mom, right? Like I oh, never go into business with family. Yeah, I couldn't imagine what life would be like if I failed yet again or what it feels like you know yet again and like now it's with my mom or my sister or someone you know like i i just don't i like the the idea of taking money period i'm like i just i really enjoy having all this freedom to create what i want to create and in our timeline right oh look money always comes with expectations it comes with strings it doesn't matter who that person (laughs) is even if it is your mom yeah i mean Maybe not if it's included with a like with your birthday card, <laughs> but you know if if somebody's investing into right. your business, they're going to expect something from your business. Right, and it's not to say that you shouldn't be confident about your ability to succeed, but the expectations that you have and the expectations that whoever is giving you money has, uh, whoever you're partnering up with has, that you have to make sure that they're they're aligned and you have to make sure that that they're realistic. If you're taking money from somebody like an angel investor who expects you to like pay them five times whatever they've put in, is that a viable thing? I mean, maybe that is for your business and maybe that like maybe you should be going down that route. But I would very, very, very carefully think about like where your expectations lie and where theirs lie because that's going to be the key decider. Yeah. For me, my, my expectation is I want this to be able to make me money. In the long term, right? Like, and so that might not mean that, like, in five years, I, I might not have whatever their expectations are. And so, you know, the decisions that I'm going to be making are not going to be the decisions that I should be right, making right. in order to meet their expectations. Right. And, you know, it's, it's that sort of very tricky spaghetti of taking money from people with the strings attached that you're never going to really understand if you're going to be able to take that, uh, you know, to follow that. With startups, it's, because the the expectations yep. are very clear it's growth like i want you to be able to like monetize this in 10 years in 5 years time however many years time so you can turn around and pay me out so th- and that's why it's such focus on growth god if if anybody's dr- having a, a <laughs> you know a drinking game where we they take a shot every time we say growth this is, oh, i'm, I'm sorry. already drunk so wow <laughs> Definitely got to be dead by the end of the episode well thank you to the two of you guys for having this cathartic conversation with me i've just been thinking about you know these differences for the last couple of days so this is a really great way for me to be like okay i think i'm actually not far off from where i should be but anyway if you want to send vc funding to jelly because <laughs> he desperately wants no. it God, you God can no. send all your vc money to <laughs> jelly at hello at independence.fm or you can find us on Twitter sometimes. I'm Eda Duck I Must. I'm at parrots, that's the plural of the bird. And I am Jelly Bean Soup. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again in a fortnight. Goodbye.